This is Quit, a podcast about change, the challenges of improving your career, making tough decisions, and starting something awesome. My name is Dan Benjamin. I'm joined here live and direct from the Austin, Texas uh, studio by Hattie Cook. Hattie, welcome to the program. Oh, hi. How are you today? I'm doing lovely. I can't tell how you are because I can't, I can't see well, I you. I can see your hands and I can see your headphone. That's part it. Part of one. Just over the top of the monitor. You I see, see your hand. hand. You're raising I'm your hand. Hi. Hi. Let me move the screen so I can see you again. I had to put mine kind of in the corner. There see, you now go. I can kind of now side I can, eye yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> I can see you now. See if you're yawning or not. Now that I said yawn, you're going to yawn. Yes, because when I you hear the to, word yeah, yawn, it'll make you yawn. Physically trying to not yawn right now. Yeah. I'm serious. Well, how are you? Lovely. It's a beautiful day today. It's a good day here. And uh, we've been pretty busy. Re- relocating again from our temporary. It seems like if I, I would like to see how many times if we have a a listener who's Who, interested in doing this. Where they're like, oh, this many months and that's when they move. Right. We moved again. Yeah. We knew we were going to have to move this time though. Because it was it, we, we were in a temporary spot. We had to get out of our last place. And so we moved to our temporary space. And now we're in a more permanent space that I don't want to jinx anything, Hattie, but I can't, I can't really find any problems with this. Yeah, I can't either. The break room is awesome. There's actually water. It's I think clean. That's, that's something I feel like we should talk about on this episode is. <laughs> yeah, I think we should the, too. The, the need to have. To provide water. To provide water and how important. I mean, we could start with that. I think that's a great place to start. Uh, so Also, uh, office temperatures. Office temperatures, yeah. That's another one. Oh, look, I can... Ooh. Ooh, what are you doing I'm over just, there? I think I might be able to do something with this ah, microphone to make it a little bit... I yeah. know. I feel like I might need to move mine closer. It's kind yeah, of like... It's a little far max. in this setup, isn't it? That's as far as I can go. Everything's all over the that's place okay. in here. We'll clean it up. No, I like this now. Yeah, this looks like... Um, what does our office look People like People right seem now? to think, I got an, well, first let me share an email that I got. I'm not yes, going to read it verbatim because I deleted it as soon as I read it. But uh, a person emailed and he, uh, he was complaining oh, yeah. uh, that, um, <laughs> that he was going to unsubscribe from one of our programs that he had already. In fact, he wasn't going to. He already had. Deleted. You forced him to subscribe. Right. I forced him to unsubscribe and to, and to delete the feed and the subscription because uh, we were uh, we were asking on this program for donations to help support the show. And that the one spot that we did have was very boring and long and rambling. <laughs> and and I, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. But he said uh, that he had to unsubscribe and that I should convince him why he shouldn't. Because you have time for that. <laughs> I should convince him why he shouldn't. And the reasons that he was unsubscribing was that we were asking for support for a show that occasionally had, has sponsors. And because of how successful 5x5 is already. As a giant like media uh, amp- right, empire. That he felt that it was rude. That we uh, were asking for support for the show. And let's just say we wouldn't be asking if we were just rolling in the cash. (laughs) You know, some podcasts are fairly lucrative. Uh, The one that he was talking about in particular, it makes a little bit of money. No one's, you know, no one's uh, quitting their jobs to do that show. No, (laughs) It's it's a little bit of money. And we think that because the audience and the way the audience is engaged, that if, 
you know, I mean, that show has 20 some thousand listeners. If they, all of those listeners gave a dollar, well, me and my co-host would never need to think about sponsors ever again. Yeah. Um, I mean, that would be pretty amazing. If half of those people gave a dollar, if a quarter of those people gave $2, you know what I'm saying? So we absolutely can benefit from support. And our goal, as is our goal on a lot of these shows, is to do without sponsors completely, to just have a listener-supported show. I would love but to make... But we can't just flip the switch. It, we have to do it gradually. You transition. You so must there, transition. There will be a point in time when you're saying, okay, this is our sponsor, and also... Please, please support the show. Right, because you have to make that, that transfer seamless. You know, one of the things that we did do was we, uh, we tried really hard to limit the number of sponsors that we have. And we try to do that on all the programs, especially the ones where we want to get listener support. Like this program, I would love, love to make a listener-supported show. So for the people who actually love the show and want to do that, it's patreon.com slash Benjamin. That supports all the shows that I do, and, and the money goes to help pay our rent and pay my salary and Hattie's salary. And uh, I love the fact that people think that five by five is some kind of huge. We've talked about this a lot. <laughs> it just always makes me laugh because it's like if they had any idea. Like to give you an idea of the laugh. size of this office, if Hattie were to stand if, up or just and, lay down. <laughs> well, if you were to stand up and you're just you're just tired. That's why you keep. Yeah. yeah. If you were to, if Hattie <laughs> were to stand up and let's take the long way of the office. If she were to stand up and touch one wall with her left hand and extend her both arms as far as she could. And I were to touch the other wall and extend both of my arms, we'd be overlapping. <laughs> That's how big this office, the five by five studios are. They're the very small. The office is five by five. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it sometimes, but you know, like. And I'm always amazed. I guess we should be flattered. And that's the thing. I remember back when I was starting one of my first consulting companies uh, where I was was doing software development. And I wanted other people to come and hire me. And I would do their software development. I would build their website. And I might outsource. I might hire friends of mine who to do contract work to help. For example, if I needed a good web design, I knew a couple of designers. I would hire them. They would work through me. And we were together. The company name was Automatic. That was the name of it. Automatic Labs. This is before the automatic that uh, is behind WordPress. Uh, And this is before WordPress was really a big commercial thing. It was still like an open source software you could just download. And and Matt had not, Matt Mullenweg had not yet come out and decided to call his company Automatic. Right. Uh, But I had a company called Automatic and I wanted it to seem like a bigger company. This is back in the day when saying, we're a small shop, we have two people, or it's just me, or it's me and four friends. That's pretty cool now. Because when I hear that, I say, good. Not going to be a lot of bureaucracy, not going to be a lot of red tape, they're going to be agile team. We have to get like 10 signatures on this one thing before we can do anything. But back in those days, the only way a company would work with you, or the way companies wanted to work, was that if you seemed like you were like a larger entity. Right. Because that seemed, that related to being established. Right. A freelance developer, they're not going to trust you. No. Because you're Why just some guy. Free, yeah, some guy, you could flake <laughs> out and disappear. But if you're like an incorporation, oh. Ooh. So the goal on all of those websites that we did was to try to make, uh, for, the, for my business site, was to try to build it up and make it seem much bigger than it was. Right. To make it. To talk know, about the company. The and company. <laughs> and like we, when I do a proposal, it was always we. And. Right. It's not lying. No. It's. Because I would hire right. someone. But. 
And it's funny because now it's the opposite. People think five by five is some huge thing. And it's like two full-time people and contractors as we, as we can need and afford to hire them. Yeah. <laughs> but that's an interesting thing. And what, bring, what, what my topic here is, is how much perception can play into, right. uh, into whether or not you might get a job or a, a job. People's in, perception of you. Too. Right. Mm-hmm. And we talked a little bit about that on the last episode, talking about how Greg's story was out there and he was uh, trying to find a job after many years of running his own business. You see, for me, if I was hiring someone, I would value very highly the fact that they had run a business before. And I would put those candidates over a candidate who has just had jobs. Because you can give them any project and they're like, no matter what, if it's, you know, cleaning the tables or like, you know, putting together a giant proposal or writing a contract, like they can do everything. Yeah. And they're never going to complain about doing the little things and the big things because it's they understand the necessity of all of it. That's right. They are not going to say, well, I don't do that. I mean, I remember being in a job where the attitude was very much like, well, no, I don't, I don't do that. That's this person or that's this group. And if you would go to someone, you'd be like, hey, you know, like, I, and my perfect example of this was we were trying to get an, an internal team development server so that we could deploy our website to it. The whole team could look at what was there and we could roll it out and, and everyone could collaborate on it. The idea of going and getting a, a web server set up, that's something that would take today. I mean, I know they're not sponsoring this episode, Hattie, and shame on them. But, but Linode, for example. They'll be in our next episode. They will? Uh-huh. Well, good, then we don't have to fire them. <laughs> but, I mean, like if you look at Linode's pricing for $5 a month, $5 mm-hmm. a month. You can get a Linux machine up and running, one gig of RAM, one CPU, 20 gigs of storage, a terabyte of transfer. Like, now, that's it. $5 a month, no commitment. To get a web server, we weren't allowed to get an external web server back then. We had to be internal. Well, you had to work with three different departments to get a server. Ugh. You had to go, first you had to go and get the thing approved. And, and by the way, they wouldn't let you run a Linux machine. They wouldn't let you run FreeBSD. You couldn't run something under your desk. You, it had to be a Sun Spark Station, which was like a $15,000 machine. That's so frustrating. Then and they would get that. And ugh. then you had to, so there was one, you'd get, have to get the PO and signed. approval. I feel like that's right. so dumb instead of just like, take yep, weeks. sounds good. Yeah, you'd have to get multiple <laughs> signatures from up to and beyond a director VP level. Then once they would get the server, there would have to be a different team that would like, well, we'll order the server and, and, and you know requisition it for you. Then when it comes in, it goes to this group. This group does the installation. There's another group called networking. They'll actually run the network cable to it. We don't do that. We just physically rack it. Another team will run the network cable and assign it an, an IP address. And from there, it'll go to the IT group. The IT group will then designate an individual sysadmin who will then configure it based on your needs. All of these are separate meetings. All of these require approvals. Thousands and thousands of dollars being spent. Even though you know how to do all of it. Oh, of course. I could have done it. I had a free BSD machine sitting under the <laughs> desk anyway. But they wouldn't let me run it on that. It's so dumb. But uh, working with a small group, you're like, good. There's not going to be any bureaucracy. There's not going to be any trouble. It's going to be simple. It's going to be straightforward. Back in those days, you had to look big. You had to seem big. You had to seem like a company. I even remember it back in those days that they would... Uh, you could buy recordings of offices, busy oh. <laughs> offices, so that you would play the busy office as a re- you'd get a phone call. Like they do on the sales calls now. That's right. The robots. Yes. 
We should talk about that. Oh, yeah. But you would play this audio, I guess, on your computer speakers while you're on a phone, and it would have, like, phones ringing in the background, other people talking. You'd be like... Sorry, yeah, hang on, John. I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this one in my office. Hang on. Yeah. And then you'd shut the door and you'd pause and think. Like, I never did that, but I knew people that did that. Right. Because your goal was to sound like you were like in a call in center. In a call in a place. <laughs> now, what Hattie's talking about is we we have been, I have been receiving these calls. They're clearly, have you? I think we all have been. Something's going on where it, it's ramping up. But there are, you will get a call and it's clearly a robot call. And but they're very, very convincing. Like if you were not, if this is the first time you ever received one of the calls, you wouldn't know it was a robot right off the bat. Correct. And it sounds like in the background, you can hear other people talking. You can hear a call center type noises mm-hmm. going on. And that, I guess, legitimizes it and says, okay, this is, must be a real person. And then you hear the, the, the robot voice. And the robot voice is, it can be a man or can be a woman. Yeah. And... You can always tell that it's a robot voice because there's a, like a little bit of a lag just a time. slight longer lag than is natural, just enough to where you're like, that's weird, right? <laughs> and uh, so they'll call you and they'll say, "Hi, I'm calling to talk to you. I'm calling to talk to you about uh, such and such. Is the business business owner there?" And I'm like, "So what I always say is, anybody who's asking who doesn't already know who they're calling, right? If they don't know me and what I do." Then it's obviously a phone solicitor. Right. If they're like, hey, Dan, we met here, then it out. I'm out. Right. So could you please run and get the business owner for me? Well. And if you say what, they go, oh, I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you. Right. But it sounds so real. Yeah, they've got voice talent doing <laughs> yeah, this stuff. Yeah, it's really creepy. <laughs> and so then after that, it, 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 what I always say is, I say, well, what do you mean business owner? Um, you know, what, what does that mean? And they're like, yeah, I'm calling about the business owner. I said, well, I don't have a business, but my mom said I could start one when I'm 18. And they usually just hang up at that point. <laughs> but they're so real. They sound yeah, it's so real. super you, convincing. Uh, and it's, it's so weird. And well, you know that it's just somebody in, in, in a foreign land clicking response buttons on like a right. soundboard. And like the a, other thing that's weird is, remember the other one that I got, I got? So I got one to my personal cell phone. They said, hi. Is this five by five? And then they give your home address. And I was like, first of all, neither of those things would ever be going together. So I don't know who you are, but bye. (laughs) It was very creepy. Yeah, I don't care for that kind of thing. I don't know why they have to do that. I, I, I would rather just hear the person's voice. Maybe, maybe it really is a situation where they're outsourcing it to people who and they say, click this one, and then this one, and then this one. I don't, I don't like it. No. I don't like it at all. Hattie, do you want to do your topic or should we jump into the listener emails? We've been getting a lot of really good listener emails. I'm going to try and get through you a few You want to do the emails first and then if we have time, get to the topic? Yeah, let's, let's, let's do, do it that. like that. Uh, because these are some good emails. If you want to email the show, we, we need your emails. We do. We, we, we need, need your questions to help people. We are here to help. We are here to help you. And Any questions. Any questions that you have that maybe relate to something along the quit topics yeah. we'll, we'll answer. And so let me, let me go in and some of these are valuable feedback. So we'll start with, uh, with this one. This one would like, this person would like to be referred to as a JJ. Oh. A JJ. <laughs> as a P now remember in, was it last episode or uh, one yes, before that, where episode. we talked about PhDs I and think we it was last episode. speculated on what PhDs do in the world. And where they go, what what they're doing. If they're not cutting people open, 
And clearly <laughs> they're not like a, like a, like a real doctor. Right. So I think people had some responses to this because several of these emails are, I think, trying to take us to school a little bit on Good, what the deal is. Good, take us to school. Like, you mean take us to PhD school? Oh, that's oh. not real school, Hattie. No, it's not. So this one, <laughs> this one is a JJ. A JJ <laughs> says, as a PhD holder and listener, I thought I'd give you some feedback, feedback with regard to attainment, employment, and some relevant links. Cool. I think my feedback is particularly relevant since I'm actually in the middle of finding a new job as my wife, a tenured faculty and another PhD is moving to a new school. PhDs get together. I was just going to say, I don't think if you're a PhD, you can't be with someone who's not a PhD. Right. Because then you're like, they don't even understand what you're saying. I think it's one of those things that like, <laughs> just kidding. No, I think you're right. I think it's one of those things where if you're a PhD, I think y- do you think that the PhD, like a PhD club that's like a club and like they they're like so superior that if you're not a member of the club, toy. Yeah. They're like a BFA. Right. <laughs> what a joke. Right. <laughs> like this like my last girlfriend was like a master's degree holder. I could you believe she it? I was really masters. slumming was it really with her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I bet you anything there are people like that out there. I, I think some of them listen to the show, Hattie. And oh, some yeah. of them may even have written in today. Oh. I'm just kidding, JJ. I don't know what uh, you're talking about, Hattie. It's just... Anyway, <laughs> JJ says, First, I would like to provide some feedback to non-PhDs about the doctoral process and standards. Ooh. First of all, just like most levels of education, educational attainment... There's a lot of variation within the level, and the process of getting a doctorate varies by university, college, school, department, and by advisor. So that's the hierarchy. Okay. On average, median or mean. I don't know the difference. People, (laughs) you know what, Addie? You don't have to. They're the same. I don't have a PhD. They're the same. (laughs) I thought they are the same. They are close. They're so close. They're really actually. They're really actually not the median. Uh, I will read the definition of median to you. I'm thinking mean and average. I know those are the same thing. Average and mean and median are different. Mean and median. A median is denoting or relating to the the value or quantity lying at the midpoint of a frequency distribution of observed values or quantities such that there is an equal probability of falling above or below it. Yes. Do you want to define the mean or shall I define the mean? The mean is the one where you add up everything and then divide by how many there are. Uh, that's the math. The <laughs> value obtained by dividing the sum of several yep. quantities by their number on average. Yep. Yeah. Mean and average. That's what I was talking about. I see my brain is just old. <laughs> Unkind, nasty, unpleasant, spiteful, malicious, unfair, cruel, shabby, foul, despicable, contemptible, obnoxious, vile, <laughs> is odious. Is that thesaurus for mean? It's another definition of mean. Oh. On average... People with doctorates have a bit more grit and IQ than master students. Yeah, I, I can see that. Master students. Masters. This is due to the coursework, if there is any, being a bit more difficult than master's level work, and writing a dissertation is more of a grind than anything else. However, for my own particular case, I certainly don't consider myself particularly smarter than anyone. 
As an example, despite successfully defending my dissertation to an all-star committee for my field, I actually almost failed my senior year of high school and started out in community college. I didn't even really have my stuff together until I was a junior as an undergrad. As far as income goes for PhD holders, it really depends on what you want to do. If you're post-docking or in a field with a... or in a field with a field with, okay, this is just a typo. Or in a field with a lot of postdocs, you're likely to be making less than 60K a year. However, if you're a professor in the school of business, particularly in finance or accounting, you could be making 200K a year as a professor in a well ranked school. In industry, pay relative to someone with a master's tends to be a bit higher, and there's usually an expectation that you are some uh, degree of a domain expert. I wish right. having a PhD was an easy ticket to making a ton of money, but in reality, it just provides a, more, a bit more insurance against unemployment and a little bit more money relative to a master's at the expense of giving up two to six years of employment in the workforce. Right. Because that's how long it takes to get one, right? In, yes. In my own job search, I've been looking at moving from the government to industry, and it's taken me about three months to, get, to start getting offers with lots of rejections from anything similar to a startup. I'm in a fairly hot field, PhD in computational statistics slash data science, but I'm exclusively looking for full-time remote work, so that has slowed things down. Sorry for the rambling email. Thanks for the show. A JJ. A JJ. That was very helpful. Care to comment, Taddy? Well, I think that was very, very helpful. I think that, you know, I don't... I'm trying to think if I know anybody with, I know people that are getting their masters. I know my sister's planning on getting hers. Um, and I don't know how that's different. So he's saying masters and doctorate are in the same thing or no, ma- no, doctorate no. and PhD are in the same thing. Yeah. PhD is, that's is what is I thought doctor, of. Yeah. Um, my, everybody in my family except me has a master's degree. Some have multiple master's degrees. All of them. Every member of my entire family for generations has had master's <laughs> degrees. And uh, many of them worked as professors in education uh, or, or in and around educational in, you know, institutes. Right. Um, my grandfather worked for, uh, for the government. My grandmother was a teacher. Um, perhaps I take more after my my dad's dad in that he did a whole lot of different things. He, um, he even, I even remember when he was running, like he had a hardware store for a while. <laughs> like, how did that happen? Felt like it. Yeah. Let's not do a hardware store. How do you just do a hardware store? I guess this is back in the day when like, you just open something. Like imagine like going to a bank and being like, I would like to buy, to cake out a loan. Okay. What would you like? Loan? I want to open a hardware store. We okay. need what we need one in this town. <laughs> Right. I've known you for 44 years. Let's still help you open one up. Right. You know, we went to school together in kindergarten. Let, of course, yeah. I'll loan you the money. You're good for it. And we need one. Yeah, I like that. You know, I, I think now it's quite a different story. Yeah. But I appreciate JJ. And there's a link earnings and employment rates relative to education and entertainment. And this is from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And Hattie, I will add this to the show notes. Show oh, yeah. notes can be found at 5by5.tv slash quit slash 106. And uh, it's Employment Rates and Earnings by Educational Attainment 2016. And what you can see is that if you have a professional degree, doctoral degree, master's degree, especially, 
uh, your unemployment rate is much, much lower the more education you have. Interesting. For example, if you have a doctoral degree, your unemployment rate is 1.6%. Compared to a master's degree, 2.4%. Bachelor's, 2.7%. Associate's degree, 3.6%. All the way down to a high school diploma, 5.2% unemployment rate. And a less than a high school diploma is 7.4%. What that also says, if you believe it, is that getting a master's degree really doesn't help you very much compared to a bachelor's degree. Right. That if you're going to do it, go all the way and get a doctoral degree. Uh, Because that's what's really going to ensure that you will have a job if you care about such things. The median usual weekly earnings in dollars. Again, there's a big jump. Bachelor's degree, $1,156. Master's degree, 1380. You're only making 200 bucks more with, right. a, with a master's degree. That, that's not nothing, but it's, that's not, right. that's not game changing. Whereas a doctoral degree or a professional, they also have something listed as a professional degree, $1,745. So that's 600 bucks. Yeah, that's a nice jump. Jump. 600 yeah. per week. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I'll put this in there, in there. So thank you, JJ. Appreciate it. It's good info from uh, from JJ. Now I have another another PhD related oh, yeah? email I want to do. But before I we do, we irritated it, the PhD people. No, we really, and these are just the ones that emailed. These are just the <laughs> ones that emailed that were good. Yeah. I want to tell you about Higher Loop. Higher Loop. I, you know, we've gotten some more feedback from the Higher Loop man. <laughs> the Higher Loop man. The Higher Loop man. I loved. I just love this idea. This I know, is the kind of idea great. when I see it, I'm kicking myself because this is such a great idea that that it need, it needs to exist. Everybody's tried to hire somebody at some point. If you're running your own small business, if you're working for a business, if you're just in a big company and you're trying to hire, and the part that's a struggle, the part that's always super frustrating, is all this follow up and all this organization and all, and all the this, different job boards. Ugh. And, ugh. And so what people want to do is they want to post on these job boards. And there are certain job boards that are really, really good. And others that are maybe aren't so good. Right. And what, so what Hireloop is not is some new job board. Because mm-hmm. I feel like the guy who, uh, start, what's the guy's name? Daniel. Daniel. What I feel like, Dan, is it Dan or Daniel? Does Daniel. It, all right, that's forgivable. <laughs> he, he went out there and I'll tell you, I'm in his, I'm in his head. Like I've got him, I've got him figured out. Oh, yeah. I can tell you exactly what this guy did from the minute he wakes up in the morning to the minute he goes to bed at night every day of the week. I mean, I've got him eagle eye on him. Yeah. Cause a guy's life is an open book. You know what I'm saying? Like you want to know a person, a person's life and study them. You can study Daniel and you'll come away. Like I get who this guy is. I know his secrets now. Yeah. You can get a PhD in Daniel. I have one. There you go. That should be the title PhD in Daniel. I like it. So here's what he did. He's sitting there one day and he's like, I want to start some kind of business. I really like helping people find jobs. I really like that. I like, I like seeing people find a job that makes them happy. And I, I love that too. And so what he started looking around, he said, you know what? There's already some really good job boards. I don't want to compete with that because they're doing great already. But there, 
this whole process of hiring somebody is it's frustrating. A nightmare. And you have to keep track of all your different logins for all of the different job boards. And then you have to go and like check those. And, right. And then and people uh, are sending, then you're starting to get hundreds of emails from all the applicants. Sometimes they like email, they're like, oh, well, I saw your posting on the job board, but I also emailed you too. But then they use different email right. addresses. It's a nightmare. Like, what? What the way HireLoop works is the same way that those trip websites work where you can just forward your hotel reservation, your plane reservation, your car reservation, your dinner reservation, you forward them all to this trip website. It receives them all and like plans out your itinerary. This is essentially the same thing for the hiring process. Yep. You you post on any job board you want and then you use the hire loop email address that they've given you as the one to handle the incoming email. So now all the email, instead of coming into your inbox, it's all like nice and organized inside yep. of HireLoop. You can collaborate with other people. Oh, you know what? Hattie and I both need to be involved in making the hiring decision. Well, guess what? We both log into HireLoop and we see all the information there. We can collaborate. We can share notes. We can do all this stuff together in one place with our own email inboxes not getting filled up. And remember, I'd follow you around with like a stack of papers and they were always on my desk and there were like check marks and X's of like, yes, this person, no, this person. And like, yeah, that was just stupid. a nightmare. This, this makes it all super, super easy to do. And so then when you decide on the candidate that you want, you want to hire and you hire them, the hire loop will send an email letting everyone else know the position has been filled. So they're not just sitting around. They're not just sitting around. And then if somebody emails after the position has been filled, it replies for you and says, oh, I'm sorry, the position's been filled, but, you know, check next time. And uh, anyway, it's a great idea. And uh, this guy who came up with it, Daniel, probably a genius. Definitely a, de- a genius. Well, you haven't met him like I have. Oh. That's why I said probably. He has no PhD, so he can't be that smart. <laughs> he can't be that smart. I see. He was smart enough to do this, but he's like a one-trick pony now. Just this is his loop. only thing. Oh, what ideas did what you have? You well, see- I did hire loop. What else? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. What else did you do? Well, hire loop is not enough. I'm helping fi- people find really great candidates and helping people get hired. Yeah, that's pretty good, but where's your PhD? <laughs> right. You know, that's Daniel's one flaw. That's his major flaw. Just doesn't have PhD. Maybe he does. I don't know. I'm going to say no because he only did hire loop. <laughs> if he had a PhD, he, he would have done, done a lot more. more. A lot more. Hire loop, H I R E, hire loop.io slash quit. If you go there, you will get a free credit toward their professional features, which is where you get those collaboration features that I was telling you about. I genuinely love this service. I think this is absolutely genius. And uh, you should go check it out next time you need to hire some people. Hireloop.io slash quit. Heidi, from now on for this show. Yes. Only accept advertisements from people who are PhD doctoral degree holders. Right. But like, hi, thanks for writing in to Archer Avenue. Right. What's your budget? When are you looking to right. start and, your ads? And also, what was do your PhD you have in? a PhD? No, don't even ask them. What, oh. what did, was your PhD in? What did you get a PhD in? And if they say, oh, well, I, didn't, I don't have a PhD. Delete. Just hit delete. Oh, okay. That's how, okay. see, if we were a listener-funded show, this we, is the kind of power we'd be able to wield over right, others. we don't have that. Well, so let's we make to it take Patreon, patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. Let's make this a li- Listen, we have tens of thousands of people downloading the show every week, Hattie. If they gave a dollar, oh my gosh. you'd actually get paid sometimes. I know. Next email. Hi, Dan and Hattie. Hi. This is uh, from Steve. I enjoy the show, and I'm very happy you decided not to quit at 100. Uh-huh. 
You mentioned PhDs in your latest episode. <laughs> yeah, we did. I'm finishing a PhD in the humanities, Ooh. music theory slash history, and looking forward with much anticipation to teaching and researching full-time at a university or college in the near future. It requires a lot of self-discipline, and most people who start a PhD do not finish because you're typically only funded, free or half tuition, plus a stipend to teach a class while you take classes, but not at the important dissertation stage. At oh. that point, you have to figure things out. Do I work part-time or full-time while also writing the dissertation? Do I only look for jobs in my field or consider other options? Who will hire me if they know I'm, I plan to leave once I'm finished with the dissertation for a better job with decent benefits? Many people get stuck in the adjunct loop. That's the adjunct title. Pro- adjunct professor. Adjunct loop, where they have to teach part-time at several schools while also trying to finish the PhD and trying to make ends meet. Or they focus on finishing as fast as they can while only working part-time at some other non-teaching job and borrowing money from family or parents, spouse, if they can. Some people can finish in a year, but most take several years and others never finish. Now you yawned. 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 <laughs> yawned. I did not. <laughs> I went to a college called UCF, University of Central Florida. The UCF also stand for uh, stood for you can't finish. Oh, <laughs> because the joke was that you would be in college. This you were getting your you know seven year bachelor's degree or whatever. It was. Right, you can't finish UCF. Oh. But I did finish four years. Me, me too. Not at UCF though. And yesterday I asked if you pieced out about something. You said I never. I never pieced out. <laughs> uh, I'm doing my best at deciding to finish and not quit as I'm really close to finishing and graduating after more than five years. But with an increasingly tighter job market for the good tenure track and not contingent jobs, I'll have to at least try for those, but hopefully it will pay off. Even if I don't get a a tenure track job in another unrelated area that will appreciate my overall PhD experience, writing, research, dedication, performance, teaching. Best wishes, Steve. He actually put in there twice just use my first name. Steve. Steve. You know, I'm, none of you guys are selling me on getting a PhD. <laughs> I know. It just sounds like it's a lot of it work sounds, and kind of like, eh. <laughs> It really does. I mean. Okay. Okay. Question. Yeah, go ahead. Go you on. have to get, do you have to get a, what's the next step from, uh, from PhD? No, that's it. That's the top. That's the top. You can get another PhD if you're really. And master's even sounds like don't even bother. Master's is one of those things where let's here here's master's who, seems like a stepping stone to the next thing. Yeah, uh, here's here's who gets a master's, and I'm speaking from f- direct experience right, with a lot of people so who, have, who, have, who have no. I'm saying like <laughs> of people who have master's degrees. Uh here here's here's the way this works. You're about to graduate, and you're like, oh crap. I feel like a kid. I don't really know what I want to do. I don't want to go out in the real world. I like to float the river on the weekends. And (laughs) my grades are like kind of good enough. And like my parents probably would, they're going to let me do it. I'm going to stay in school for like another couple of years because F the real world. And like, I'm going to get a master's degree. That's what that is, honey. That's yeah. it. That's all it is. Yeah. It's or, like I was in school longer. <laughs> right. What did you, oh, I graduated in four years. How long were you there? I wanted to stay in longer. I just took my time. And like the, the school had to figure out a way to keep, keep me, me there. there. Right. 
to like make it so that I wouldn't. They're like, well, you did your bachelor stuff. Right. Like we have to come up with something. Do you want to get a doctorate? No, that's too much work. Okay. Well, here's something else that you could just give us money and like stay in the school and, and like, it'll be fun. And you're like, yeah, it sounds fun. Also, don't you have to like apply for a master's program and you have to be like accepted and stuff? Uh, if you're going to a different place than the college that you, I mean, you went could, to. You, you have to take a test. I think it's, uh, I'm not going to look this up because it's not important, but I think it's a G, GMAT. There's some other test that yeah, you need to take. A couple of my friends who got like art, paint, like painting and art degrees were like, you know what? If I get a master's in painting, then that will, that looks better than just everyone else in the world that has a bachelor's of fine arts in painting. Maybe it's a, <laughs> is it a... This GRE? Is, is it a GRE? That sounds right to me. Graduate record examinations. I looked it up. Even. Anyway, you need this to get into your graduate school. The whole idea that I just spent four years in college, and now you want me to take another test to be allowed to spend more money in another <laughs> college? I'm put off by that. We'll see if you want to take more college, but only if you're really good enough. <laughs> so listen, listen to the structure of the GRE and tell me if this sounds like fun. The structure of the computer-based GRE general test consists of six sections. The first section is always the analytical writing section involving separately timed issue and argument tasks. The next five sections consist of two verbal reasoning sections, two quantitative reasoning sections, and either an experimental or research section. These five sections may occur in any order. The experimental section does not count toward the final score, but is not distinguished from the scored sections. Unlike the computer adaptive test before August 2011, the GRE general test is a multi-stage test where the examinee's performance on earlier sections determines the difficulty of subsequent sections. You're really good. We're going to make it really hard. <laughs> this format allows the examined person to freely move back and forth between questions within each section and that and the, the testing software allows the user to mark questions within each section for later review if time remains. The entire testing procedure lasts three hours and 45 minutes one-minute breaks are offered after each section and a 10-minute break after the third section. It sounds like the SATs, and, uh, but like on a steroids times and worse. sucky. And, and here's the thing <laughs> is that everybody out there with their master's or doctoral degree right now is listening to this being like, obviously, Dan, you did the right thing by it. Because like, if this doesn't sound interesting to me, then I shouldn't be in. No. Yeah, but it's too late for me anyway. But I don't, I don't, I, I admire people who want to push themselves to learn more. And some of the best work in the world is being done by people with master's oh, yeah. degrees and PhDs and pushing forward all, all, everything that's valuable to us as a, as a, it shows that uh, as you're, a species caring about things like science and, right. and education. And so much of what we talk about on this show, all of these great studies that we're always referencing are done by these people who right. have taken this kind of horrible test. <laughs> they had to take the test. We need we need that those alone people. proves that they're better. <laughs> Even if they didn't pass, just taking that just, just and only getting one minute for breaks. <laughs> I'm sorry, anywhere that's only gonna give me a one minute break, I'm out. <laughs> I just hated taking those big tests like that. What was the other one? The A C T The ACT I did very well on. I did much better on that than the SAT. It's interesting. Very interesting. On my, do you remember what your score was? Oh, so bad. You want to share it? I don't even remember what it is. Uh, on the SAT, and this is back in the old days when you you would take the SAT, and a lot of it was, you know, like can you make an arrowhead? You know, can you? Oh, right. how, can you? How quickly can you sh craft and sharpen a What's spear? What's the angle and, of the sun at three p.m.? Right, that yeah. kind of stuff. This is before Scantrons. No, actually, we had Scantrons. Oh, Scantrons. 
I got an 1100 on my SAT, which is not good, by the way. Um, what is it supposed to be now? 24 or is that ACT? The ACT is a two-digit number usually. And at the time that Isn't I took it, like it a, 30, a 32 that's, at the time yes. I took it was the top I think that's score. still the top. I think they've added something extra onto it, but I ignore that part. <laughs> um, on the ACT, I got a 29, but on the written stuff like that, I got a 31. So it was very good on the SAT, on the ACT. Right. I did no prep for either of them. <laughs> I didn't study or prepare or do anything. I didn't, you know, it was just scheduled. I'm like, oh crap, that's tomorrow. <laughs> you know? And like, I had to work the same day. I was in horrible form on the day that I think I took the SAT. Maybe it's the ACT. Like literally everything that could have been wrong was wrong. I think I was sick. Were you drunk? No, no, I was not drunk. That was the one thing I wasn't. My friend was, and he got a fourteen fifty. I. Can you believe that? Uh, you got my, a scholarship because of it. I know. None of my clothes were clean, so I ended up wearing like, you know, like the back of the closet where you're like, those are socks with lizards on it that I don't plan anyone ever to see. Uh, also, these like weird cutoff pants. I was in horrific form that day. Yeah. It was, my mom and I look back on that time as the lowest point. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. So... I like to think that that was my ACT and that I did really well, but it probably was my SAT. Well. But who knows? But you know what? Didn't really matter. It's stupid that the SAT... It matters they, they a lot at you, the time. They make you just to get into college. Stupid. I would like to tell you about our awesome new sponsor. It is Bombfell. Bombfell is an online personal styling service for men that helps find the right clothes for you. You complete a very simple questionnaire. I actually enjoyed doing the questionnaire. Uh, and a lot of the time, I don't even... like. I, I'm like, oh, Greg, I can't go answer some questions. This was no problem. You just answered... And they were kind of interesting because like, there's pictures like, would you wear this shirt or this shirt? You know, that kind of thing. It, was very, it wasn't like, you know, detailed information about your personal life. It's like, which of these shirts do you like? Which of these jeans would you never wear? It was very cool. And then, after this, you're matched with a dedicated personal stylist. You only play, pay for clothes that you keep, period. They're the only styling service that does not charge a styling fee or a subscription fee. They never charge above retail price. And you would get this dedicated personal stylist. You get distinctive brands uh, sourced by experts, free shipping and returns, convenient home try-on, and you can even preview and edit what your stylist has picked before it even ships. It's very, very cool. There's no like hidden fees. There's no gotchas. It's just the most simple, straightforward service around. And, uh, and you know what? They want you to like the clothes that you get. They don't make money if you don't find something that you want to keep. And you only pay for what you keep. And there's no charge to send stuff back. You can push up the delivery. You can delay it. You can even skip it. Are you going to be out of town or if you want to wait or whatever? It's super cool. They just send you what they're going to, they send you what they're going to send. And you got 48 hours to make a change or just cancel the whole thing. You're in control of the whole thing. That's what I like about it. It's not like these places that just, well, we're sending you stuff. It'll, it'll be fine. It's more like, here's what we're going to send you if you want us to. It's a genius service. It really is. And uh, they sent, I, I did, went through the process. 
And I got to tell you, there was some stuff that they sent me that that, that they sent me, uh, I guess it was two shirts and a pair of jeans. And the shirts that they sent me were not like anything I would have got for myself. And when I was filling out this survey, uh, it was it was like, would you? Why are you doing this? And I, one of the options was, I just need more clothes. I don't have time to shop. But I picked the one that said, I kind of want to up my up my wardrobe game a little bit. So I picked that one, and they did. They sent me some things that were just a little outside of my norm. You know, because I always have like a black shirt with a collar. Like it's always the same. So they sent me a couple different shirts. I really like them. And they fit great. And I've been wearing them. And the jeans that they sent are the best. They're now immediately my new favorite jeans. They're not like anything that I, I have found locally in just the stores I was going to. And I love my new favorite jeans. And my son actually stole one of the shirts from me. I got it and I was trying them on. And... uh. He's like, I like that one, Dad. I'm like, okay, well, you want to put it on? Now, he's he's almost 10 years old, and he's a big kid. And I thought, you know, he might just be able to get away with this shirt. And he put it on. I said, oh, it's a little big for you. He said, I don't care. I'm keeping it. So I actually only got one shirt. But it doesn't matter. Uh, he's happy. I'm happy. And that brings up another thing here. You can You can sign up on behalf of your partner. So if you have a significant other that you want to buy this thing for, you can sign up on behalf of your partner and get the stuff for them. They won't even know where it comes from. They just think you're out like shopping for them and they'll love it. So here's what you do. You go to Bombfell. It's spelled B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L. Bombfell.com slash quit. This is a special offer that I negotiated personally with them over a course of 10 years, negotiating with them back and forth like a, one of those prolonged chess matches where once a month you rook to queen five and then you don't hear from the other person until they're ready to make their move. It was been like that. It's incredibly long negotiation. Finally, I felt like we got things where they had to be $25 off for our listeners. Very exclusive. You're the only ones getting this special deal. Bombfell.com, $25 off your first purchase if you go to bombfell.com slash quit go check it out love this company all right let me do this last email uh listener dave hi dan and hattie i'm a huge fan of quit grit quit (laughs) back to work road work and all the great shows thanks so much for keeping them coming guess guess what this one's about phds phds I just finished quit episode 105 and Dan, you said you wanted to hear from listeners with PhDs. I have a PhD in nuclear engineering. That's so cool. Now listen, if you're going to get a PhD, get it, it better darn well be in <laughs> nuclear agree. engineering because that's where we need the PhDs. If you've got a PhD, no offense, but like in like humanities, humanities like this other person got, it, <laughs> is it too late for them to, to like switch it to <laughs> right? Like, I like humanities and music, but I really want to be with the like. The like new- if somebody rolls into the room, like, hey, you know, what do you do for a living? Oh, I, you know, I have a PhD in nuclear engineering. Whoa, I'm a nuclear physicist. I want to talk to listener Dave <laughs> because I want to understand. What I have a is. lot of questions about that. Me too. I'm hoping that because when I hear nuclear engineering, 
I imagine he's designing like a nuclear power plant or something, right? But I would like to talk to him about the after effects of EMPs and nuclear explosions. Because that's fascinating to me. I want to talk about Faraday cages. I want to talk about prepping. I want to talk about bunkers underground. I want to talk about all of that stuff. I'm hopeful that he's the good kind of PhD and not (laughs) the the bad kind. Not evil. There's an evil PhD. He's not evil. He's not evil. He's just not the cool kind. It's not like it's more cool and uncool. Cool, he can talk about. Oh, like that kind of stuff. You know, blast waves and cool things like that and radio. What's the not cool kind? Like, would be like calculations. Right. I built a computer to control the reaction in my nuclear generator. That's what I Nerd, and then you just push him down and break his glasses. Right. Then you help him up and you're like, I'm sorry. I have a PhD in nuclear engineering. Originally, I did that mostly on a dare. No joke. I had a professor in engineering <laughs> school who had basically said to the class, if you think you're really smart, then prove it and go get a PhD. <laughs> As an obnoxious 20-year-old know-it-all, I was like, yeah. It was easier for me to commit to than for people in other fields for a couple of reasons. While a PhD takes a long time, in most engineering and science fields, it ends up costing you relatively little because you can be paid to work on your research, which, again, uh-huh. you see? You get paid this is, he, this is not the adjunct thing the other dude was talking no. about. This is like, I'm getting paid. Dude, I'm getting paid to go to school. Now, that I could do. Yeah. If you're going to pay me to go to school, yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. You want to pay me to go to school, then like then that. we can have a conversation. Uh-huh. I like that. This guy really was smart. Because you can be paid to work on your research, which covers the cost of your tuition plus modest living expenses. He says like think that. cheap apartment, subsistence diet for a college kid, and managing to avoid huge debt if you don't have a spouse or kids to support. Also, a lot of my friends were going through the dot-com bubble bust cycle of the late 90s and early 2000s, so I didn't feel like I had much to lose staying in school a few years rather than going straight <laughs> yeah. to work with my bachelor's degree. So far, listener, Dave does sound like a genius. Dave, we are not worried about you. Stop, Dave. I'm sorry, Dave. Once I got a year into grad school, I was really amazed by the technology and I decided that I really wanted to teach in a university. So it makes sense to go for the PhD. In my field, you can get top tier jobs with either a master's or a PhD. And there are lots of people with both, uh, with both working in private companies, government agencies, etc. The only place the PhD seems to have a really strong advantage is in university-based jobs. Oh, and by the way, if you know of a job where I can actually hide in an ivory tower and burn money, which is, I think he's quoting what I said yes, in the other show. Yes, I think show, so. <laughs> please announce it on the show. Many PhDs in academia make less money than their private sector counterparts, but they do it for the love of teaching or doing research or for lifestyle reasons like more flexible schedules. They still work a lot of hours. In industry, it's tough for a lot of PhDs, scientists and engineers to rise all the way to the top unless... They enjoy and are good at leadership and management as well as their technical skills. Very few companies have a structure where you don't eventually hit a dead end if you want to stay in the lab or at the bench versus becoming a division manager, VP, etc. I hope to hear back from all the great PhDs, and I really look forward (laughs) to hearing what other listeners have to say on the next quit. Thank you, (laughs) listener Dave. Thanks, Dave. That was the best email. (laughs) You know... I mean, I really do. I really do enjoy hearing these kinds of things because, I mean, listen. If you've got a, this is all part of the whole thing. This is this. Listen, let me break this down for you. I like the way Dave lives his life. Like, yeah, I'm going to do that as a dare. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's living his life free. That's right. Now, here's the thing. I've always heard about Alcatraz. I visited Alcatraz. <laughs> okay. And you've visited Alcatraz. Yes. And I always heard that people would talk that out. Al- here's what I've heard. I'm not saying this is true or false. <laughs> Alcatraz wasn't that bad. They made it seem like it was really bad because they didn't, they wanted to like build up this lore about it. They right. wanted to make it seem like, the oh man, place. I was on Alcatraz, like that's Alcatraz. hell on earth. Right. But in reality, it wasn't it's so fine. bad. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I toured it. It seemed pretty bad to me. Yeah. But I don't know how it compared to also other got, prisons at the time. It got really nice light, like in the afternoon and stuff through uh, the windows. Yeah. I don't know. But also, I look at the positives. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you were looking at the, you were on an island and you get to look like out at the ocean and stuff. What if you had a window that like, but I think the way they, the ocean. no, I think the way they did it, remember this though, you're forgetting something. Prisoners could never, never see outside the, the the ocean or they did not have views they could only hear the sound of the ocean and sometimes oh, right because the, they could hear the parties and stuff that was going on but you could never, never see, see it. it that's what it was and they did the wall say, just the right height so that you could sit at the very top and never see it right because there's that basketball court or whatever right. they have and they have that big old wall yeah talk yeah. about mind that, games. that's called driving hattie crazy oh my god <laughs> oh you want to see it it's right over there no you can't too bad you can't see it <laughs> but like maybe the whole phd thing is the same thing like alcatraz is really horrible it's the worst and PhDs is like really hard to do it and you don't make any money and meanwhile they're like phd is yeah. easy yeah I just and just had like, like a making minor it stroke. making it rain <laughs> yeah what describe what i'm doing you're doing the making it rain symbol yeah. with your hands that's a PhD. That's how I see it. Just, and like, yeah. they're like, you remember in the Goodfellas when after they did the big heist, uh, Polly, I mean, Tommy was no like, spoilers. Tommy was like, well, it's a famous I thing. Know, Tommy's like, don't spend the money. Don't buy anything. I told you, don't buy anything. And the one guy's like, look, I got my wife this mink coat. And look, we got this big Cadillac. He's like, take it back. Get out of here and take it back. Right, because you're just calling attention. Right. I think it's the same thing with PhDs. There's like, they're like, listen, don't flaunt it. All right. But like, you, you're set now for yeah. life. And, and these kind of emails, of course, they're responding to the show because it's a popular show. Yeah. They don't want me lifting the kimono open and exposing <laughs> what this really is. Right. Nice try. Listener Dave, listener Steve, and JJ, I know what's really going on. Yeah. Okay. So, and like you three don't know each other and didn't conspire to all they write all the same are in email. The same room. Whatever. <laughs> like, I don't have a PhD. Doesn't mean I'm not smart enough to see through this. Right. I'm wise to this. I gave myself a PhD. Yeah, right. I want to get, you know what I'm going to do? Understanding them. You know what I'm going to, yeah. You know what I'm going to do? What? I'm going to get one of those mail order PhDs from uh, Phoenix. I'm actually just going to Photoshop something that says I have a PhD. Yeah. That's good enough. I think I think I could probably get a PhD in the mail without even doing anything. As I saw an, a great quote on Instagram. It's not that hard. Somebody was so uh, so baffled by how much they'd gotten done in their life. And, it sa- and they said, well, you know, you can really accomplish anything when you lie. Mm. <laughs> So you're saying PhDs are liars? No. No. They're just keeping something secret. Right. 
it's like when you find a really good restaurant and you're like, yeah, we'll go tell everybody about this. And you're like, meanwhile, I'm telling no one about this because then I won't have to be in line. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you one thing. And this is the last thing I have to say about, about PhDs. When I meet somebody and, uh, and I hear they're like, oh, it's like Dr. Dave, right? Like, oh, Dr. Dave. Right. Oh, Dr. Dave. Hey, Dr. Dave, you know, and then you like start talking to him and you're like, get on my elbows and doing this thing. And like, well, I'm not that kind of doctor. I'm like, well, you I'm are not, now, you are now, you better be, <laughs> you know, or else we're going to have a hard time being friends because to me, I want to know, like, you shouldn't say your doctor, say your PhD or question. Yeah. And I want to see if you know it and I hope you didn't look it up. I'm not what does PhD stand for? Ah, because uh-huh. I don't know it either, but I'm asking you. <laughs> I don't even think PhDs know. And in, in, in it's capital P, little h, big D. Right. Big it is. I, I'm going to say that it's a Latin term. <laughs> do you want to go in with me on it being no. a Latin term? What does it stand for? What do you think? Take a guess. Philosophical doctorate. Okay. I like that. <laughs> I'm looking it up. Uh, PhD. You are a genius. Really? I'm right? PhD stands for Doctor of Philosophy. (laughs) See, I basically have a PhD. I know what it stands for. Uh, Yes. That was a good guess, Hattie. High five. (laughs) If we did sound effects on this show, I'd be doing the big ding, ding, ding. ding. Yeah, there you go. That was my lacrosse. Doctor of Philosophy. Then why is the PH before it? I have a lot of questions. Philosophy doctor. Hi, I'm a philosophy doctor. It doesn't sound <laughs> doesn't sound as impressive when you no. know what it stands for, does it? Doctor of philosophy. So next time somebody's like, "Oh, my name's Bill and I have a PhD," I'll say, "So you're a philosophy doctor." So you're a, you're a philosopher. <laughs> okay, but here's 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 why there it it does come from a Latin term where you put one thing before it. Yes, uh, and and that is uh, you you do Latin, right? You did Latin. You say I do Latin, Latin yeah. F- f- philosophy I A-E is I I-A-E E-I no, but the, It's spelled no. H-A-I-A-E Wait, 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 write it, spell it P-H You're going to make the listeners P-H-I-L-O-S O-P-H-I-A-E Philosophiae Philosophiae Doctor that's it. That's what it sees. So yep. we were both right. I said I think it's something yeah, it's Latin, Latin. You but were you right. translated it to English. You're just one step ahead of me. Yeah. So it, it abbreviates uh, with postnominal letters PH dot capital D dot. Yep. I accept that definition. Okay. I think we ha- we taught the listener something. I bet you anything we taught people with PhD something because I bet you they just said, oh, I have a PhD. They don't even know what it stands for. They don't even know what it stands for. I guarantee you. You're welcome. They do get the cool robes, though. The robes, the flowing robes. And like at graduation, they get like the extra cool little things. They get everything there. Yeah. And then they get to walk around with like, I'm a PhD, you're nothing. The people that uh, were graduating and had like extra, like you get the tassel thing, isn't that what it is? No, that's like the cum laude stuff. I always thought those were so cool. Laudy? How do you say that? Cum laude. Yeah, there's no E at the end of it? <laughs> Neither my of us were that. My Latin teacher's just beating me in my face. Um, uh, you're always like, oh, I took Latin, I saved Latin, and then you never know anything about I Latin. I do know all the things about Latin. How do you pronounce? Pronounce? In Latin or like how people pronounce how it How people pronounce it. 
All it's right, magna cum laude. Cum laude, huh? I mean, I'm saying it was a super Texas accent. I like the Texas accent. <laughs> loud, like L-O-U-D. That's it, huh? <laughs> I think. I'm glad we got that cleared up. <laughs> this is important stuff that we're teaching you all. Let me tell you a little something about Squarespace. Back in the old days, I used to design websites and the back end for websites and the publishing tools. And it, uh, it, it made me a very good living for a relatively long amount of time. And uh, thank God Squarespace didn't exist back then. Because if it had, I would have had no income whatsoever. It is <laughs> incredibly easy to make your next website with Squarespace. You go to their site, squarespace.com. You enter the offer code QUIT. You receive 10% off your first purchase. And you get to make an amazing, beautiful website. There's nothing to install or patch or upgrade ever. They've got 24-7 customer service. If you need help, they're there. You can register your domains there now. I mean, you've been able to do that for a while, but now you can go there and just get a domain. They even have a logo maker. So if you want to go and get a website and you think, oh man, we need a logo. They help you do it. They create it right there on the site. And their designer templates, designer made templates are the bomb. They're the best. You can go through this huge catalog of templates, pick the one that you like best, and then start customizing it and make it your own. Make it look completely different from all of the other websites out there, even ones that are using the same exact template. No two sites need look the same. Go to squarespace.com, support this show by using the offer code QUIT, and support yourself. Using that code QUIT, you'll get 10% off your first purchase. And if you're thinking to yourself, you know what, I don't really need a website or right I've now. Or I already have five Squarespaces. Yeah. <laughs> Keep this in mind for your friends. Keep in mind for when you hear somebody saying, oh man, we really need a website. You know what? Start with Squarespace e-commerce built in, beautiful galleries. You can host an album if you make out, if you're a musician. Whatever you want to do, go check it out. See what Squarespace has. Free trial. Squarespace.com. Offer code quit. All right. Do you want to hit that topic, Hattie? We got a few minutes. Yeah, we can chat about it. Um, my sister gave me a very good topic. She was texting me the other day. Uh, she works in... Old Gus. Old Gus. Yeah, Merlin named her Gus. Yeah. Um, she's still in my phone as Katie Gus Cook. Nice. So, yeah. Um, and she she works in museum management. Uh, I'm sure I'm saying whatever department she is, wrong. Um, <laughs> but uh, she's, she was running a, a program for the museum, which is basically like things to do. She puts together these elaborate, awesome programs um, that bring people into the museum for other reasons, you know, around like a, a certain theme or something like that, uh, and does events around it. So she was talking to me about how, uh, she had done all this work to get this program ready, uh, and organize it and, you know, get the, the video people and the music and the catering and, you know, she h- handles all of it. But there are people that are, um, you know, I wouldn't t- technically say below her, but they're uh, people with more jobs like, oh, we're, you, so she would tell them, I need these chairs set up in this many rows over here, right. you know, by 3 p.m. or something like that. And then she'd say, okay, and we need the the video people to be here by this time so that they can do a video test so that the screening of the movie will be perfect because you know we won't have any difficulties later things like that 
Well, she said that this, she had such a bad time at her most recent one that she did because nobody that she had told to do things, which she has full authority to do, uh, nobody did what they were supposed to do. The video effects people came, just showed up, waltzed in like an hour and a half late, uh, so they didn't have time to do a check. Um, the people didn't set up the tables um, and the chairs correctly or at all. And uh, the people that had put on the program in another department, uh, like the night before, after she had asked them to, you know, put, guys, can you just like make sure that it's kind of clean before, you know, when you leave it? And nobody cleaned up. So, you know, when she got there, there was cups and old food and things like that laying out. Just basically nobody did her job except her. Hmm. Or so she made it seem. Right. So, um, I believe her. I believe her too. Uh, and she's the type of person that, you know, she might say to me like, oh my God, that, you know, made me really angry. And, but she would never say anything that to that, to them. She would just go ahead and start fixing it, right. <laughs> you know? Um, and she let her higher ups know, you know, that they didn't do their job. But what I wanted to talk to, uh, you about today was what do you do if people that you need in order to get the job that you are working on done don't do their job and then it reflects badly back on you right and it's not like to be clear these are not people she hired they're not direct no. reports to her no she was coordinating it she was in charge of the effort but these are people who are sort of they're still they work at the museum they work at the museum and they're used for these events and things right but do, now so why do you think that they failed to do what she needed them to do do you think it's because they're just lazy do you think it's because they don't care do you think it's because they're resentful that your sister is such a powerhouse in this company i mean what do you what do you <laughs> no, think no um i think i think it just i'm going to say that they just aren't putting in 110%. Yeah. Especially if you think about it, you know, these programs are her baby. That's what she's working on from complete, you know, blank paper to full event concept mm -hmm. in real life. Um, so maybe she cares a lot and she wants other people to care too and they don't care as much. Right. Um, I don't know. And so, of course, me, I was like, well, can you threaten to fire them? <laughs> you know, like, what can you, what can you do to light right. a what fire underneath them? There are a lot of people who are motivated by consequences. Right. And sometimes people need consequences. You know what? Unfortunately, that's true. There are a lot of people who are, they're in a job and they think, you know what? If I don't do this thing that I've been told to do or asked to do, what's going to happen to me? Nothing. Well, then maybe I'm not going to do it or maybe right. I'm not, maybe it's not if important nothing's gonna enough happen, to do it. Why do what do I care? I get yelled at. That's it. I don't care. Right. I mean, that's so, not good. So if there's no concern, if there's no consequences, if they feel like the thing isn't important, maybe they're not. I don't know. It's tough to speculate why. But your the question was, what do you do in a situation? Right, like because that? I think this applies to so many different people. Um, should I talk about my issue sometimes? Mm -hmm. So sometimes if I book uh, certain spots for certain shows, um, maybe the hosts don't have time to do the, the show or anything like that, but they don't let me know. And then the sponsor spot doesn't air. And then the sponsor asks me why it didn't air. And then I don't have an answer. Right. Um, and then I ask them and they say, oh, well, I, 
I just couldn't get to it. Well, <laughs> what do I tell the sponsor? Like, right. you know, it's things like that where it's just, it's not even people that aren't doing their job. It's more just people that are involved with whatever you're doing on other levels that do directly affect what you're doing. Right. So what do you do, Dan? What would, if somebody wrote in to quit with that, what would you do? Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's a really tricky, it's a really tricky situation. It's frustrating. You're counting on someone else to complete a task, generally speaking. And then they don't. It's that's the, at the core, right? I need help. Especially when it's an agreed upon task. Yes. (laughs) Um, you know, I don't, I don't really know. And this is one of those really, really tough situations where there should be that thing inside a person of like, I don't want to let them down. (laughs) Right. That's like. I don't want to let them down. I care. I have integrity. But you can't teach that. That has no. to come from inside. It has to come from inside. It has to be something that will, I don't know, that it should bother you. Yeah. It should bother you to not do something that you've been asked to do. I don't know. I don't know what you do. Like, I don't have an answer for that. I think it's just crappy. What yeah. do you, so what do you do? Do you go to your boss and say, well, it wasn't really my fault that, uh, you know. That this, program that this program for the museum went badly. <laughs> I planned it out nicely, but apparently no one else did their job. That's basically the email that she sent to her her bosses. Yeah. Um, m- you know, maybe it's not, It maybe the power doesn't quite lie with my sister. Maybe it needs to be more up to the people that are even above her that need to kind of scare some fear because I'm sure that if the program doesn't go well and that's on Katie, then that's going to reflect back on her boss right? because her boss has a boss. Right. So, you know, it's kind of a never ending chain. And so that's the thing is uh, having been, uh, having been a manager, hiring people, working on projects and having people drop the ball and, uh, and not do the things they say they were going to do. Or when people say like, hey, I can work on that right now. And then they can't. Right. Or, or then they, they don't. don't. You know, at that point, it's like, whose fault is it? It's your fault. I remember, and I've, I believe I've told this story uh, a year or two ago. I had, uh, I was doing consulting work. I had a client project and it was a very important client and they were paying us a decent amount of money. And I had a designer working for me and she was an excellent designer. And has gone on to have a career working in some really great places. And when she was working for me on this project, for which she was paid what she wanted to get paid, she said, this is my hourly rate. And I said, great, we'll pay it to you. Right. Um, that, that she would do the thing of, well, I'll, I'll get, I'll, you know, we, when do you need this done? And I would say, okay, you know, this part needs to be done on this date. This part needs to be done on this date. And you kind of plot out the whole thing. And she would, she would miss deadlines. And I would say, okay, you know, well, let's not miss any more deadlines, you know, and I, maybe I was smart <laughs> right. enough to put a, a little bit of padding in there mm-hmm. so that if, if we missed a couple things here and there, we'd still be okay. And we were okay. But then like the second time I was like, okay, here's the things that we still need. Here's the things we're waiting for. 
everything else in the whole project was done. The code, everything else was ready to go. We were just waiting waiting for like these 10 things or whatever, five things, whatever they were. And uh, I didn't hear back from her. And then I saw that she's out there posting photographs of, (laughs) you know, like stuff that she's doing in literally in the mall. She was in the mall while the rest of us were desperately trying to launch this thing and and, and get paid. She was in the mall taking pictures like of from the Apple store of like, look at the new, you know, Mac mini that's out. It's so cute, whatever that kind of stuff. And so I wrote her back and I'm like, I'm seeing you posting pictures (laughs) right right now in the mall. You know, don't just not reply to us. You know that that you're late on this thing. (laughs) Right. And it was just, it was just super frustrating. And. Yeah, you kind of feel powerless. Right. And like, then it turns out that I had referred her to, before all this happened, somebody had come to me and said, we need a designer. And I'd said, oh, she's amazing. She's great. You should totally hire her. And I'd worked with her on another project. It'd been okay. And they hired her and same thing happened. Not delivering stuff. And they came back to me and they were super pissed at me. And they're like, why did you refer us to this person? We've lost money. We've lost time. Right. And I'm like, I'm super sorry. Like I had no idea. I've run into the same thing now, but in the past it wasn't like this. I don't know what's going on. I'm very sorry. And then she went and actually did a, wrote a blog post making it fairly clear the client that she was talking about and complaining and saying what a horrible company they were to work with. Wow. So, you know, it it all comes back to having that sense of work ethic. Your sister's in a crummy situation because it's clear these people know like she's not going to fire them. Well, right. She doesn't have any power to do anything to them. And it's going to look <laughs> bad. It, it She will look, you know, she's not in that situation where she's like, I'm sorry, we promised this. It's my fault. I was ahead of, I was the person in charge. And this is what she has to do. I was the person in charge. It's my fault that it's not done. Even though it wasn't my fault and I did all my right. stuff, these other people let let things down, you know. Right. In, in their what can regard, you do? It's always going to be her fault. It's right. always going to be her fault. Because what they did wrong was just not set up tables. What Katie would have done wrong, or this is from the outside looking in, is she failed at her program. You know, like it, it, the consequences are different, but they're all driven by, you know, one person not doing their job. Right. And she didn't fail at her program. That sounded bad. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it wasn't successful right. in the way that she wanted it to be. Right. And, and it, I mean, what do you do? Do you go to your, you know, it wasn't the kind of thing that was like a long project and people weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing. It was more like it was an event. It was happening all at one time. And the time. other thing is they do events like every other day. <laughs> like it's not like I assigned you suddenly to like arrange a bouquet of flowers and you're like, I don't even know how to do that. Right. This is something, this is your job. It's like what you've done a million times. It's just being lazy about it. I feel like. Sorry, Katie. I know. Sorry, Katie. I told her that I would come down there and fire them. <laughs> yeah. You have, I, did I make you, fire? I made you fire an intern or something once. 
Yes. Didn't you do that? Yeah, I did. It I did sucks. a really bad it really job sucks. at it. Well, it's because it's really hard to do and it feels awful. And I just want to smile because yeah. I just don't know what else to do and I want to make them feel good. But you know what? I mean, it's really not it's really bad. not fair. And that's the other <laughs> thing to think about is like if you're working on a project, if you're working in a in a in a in a group of other people, like what you do isn't just about you. It it doesn't just reflect on you, it reflects on everybody. It reflects on the whole the whole team, everybody who's there is going to be brought down or held back or the overall results are going to be diminished based on that. So shame on those people, Hattie. Yeah, that's stupid. Anyway, if you want to give Hattie some uh, advice on what you could tell her sister, you can find her on Twitter at Hattie Bird, H-A-D-D-I-E Bird. I'm at Dan Benjamin on Twitter. The show notes for this episode are at 5x5.tv slash quit slash 106. Please continue to send your questions, thoughts, comments to us by going to 5x5.tv slash contact or just clicking the contact link up at the top of the site. Once there, click the link for quit and we'll both get the email and we can talk about it on the show. And if you don't want us to use your name, tell us. Otherwise, we'll think it's okay. And uh, please do keep the emails coming. If you enjoy the show, please let us know. Those emails help make for wonderful topics, and we appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week.